Start, Grow, Win, the podcast designed to coach you to reach the level of success you want, to build the wealth that you want to build, and to start living the life that you want to live. I'm your host, your coach, your mentor, Steve Eck. If you haven't done so yet, hit that subscribe button and you'll never miss another episode also. If you like this podcast, leave me a five-star rating, leave me a review, and if you think that this could help somebody, share it with them. Share it on your social media. My goal is for you to become successful. Let's go. Welcome, everybody, to another episode. I'm so excited about this because today I'm going to be talking about one of my favorite subjects to talk about, and that's goals, setting goals, achieving goals, winning. So let's jump right in. And for me, goals equals success equals wealth. The three are connected. So a goal is what you want to achieve. Success is what you achieve. And wealth is what you get for achieving it. That's how they're all tied together. And let me, I'm going to explain even further why you should have goals. The importance of doing it correctly. 1% of Americans have their goals written out with their actions written out. They take their actions daily. They know their potential obstacles. They have plans and they measure their success along the way. 1% only. Most people, most Americans, most people, yeah, you have dreams. You've got ideas. You've got a thought that you're working for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. It's in my head. You know, it's not really laid out. And that's the majority of people. So 1% have goals done properly that they're taking the actions daily. You have to take actions daily. There's no days off. You know, if you want to achieve, there are no days off. Michael Michael Jordan didn't skip practice every third day. He shot baskets every single day. There was no day off. So, and we already know that 1%, the top 1% control the wealth in America. All right, so you got 1% of goals, 1% control wealth. The last part is 1% of all Americans, all Americans, 1% are successful entrepreneurs. So you got 1%, 1%, 1%. What do you think the common thread here? I'll tell you what it is. They're all the same person. The same people that have the goals are the same people that have success are the same people that have the wealth. When it comes to wealth, and this is another important factor, the top 1% as of this year, 2021, somewhere around June or July, the combined wealth of the top 1% now exceeds the combined wealth of the entire middle class. That happened this year. Combined wealth of the top 1% has been increasing steadily for a long, long time. Sadly, the combined wealth of the middle class has been decreasing. And that is sad. I want to see everyone succeed. And success is not pie, right? It's not like somebody took an extra piece of pie, now you don't get any. Success is for everybody. There's plenty to go around. So when I look at the people who are not gaining the wealth like the middle class. I that's These are the people I want to help. This is why I'm doing the podcast. This is my purpose. So then you look at the 1% of Americans that are successful entrepreneurs. How does that break down? Well, roughly in America, there's about 15% of Americans are entrepreneurs. An entrepreneur is somebody that started a business. So how we get to the 1% are successful are simple. Roughly 20% of all businesses started fail in the first year. That's definitely not success. Roughly 80% of all entrepreneurs admit that their businesses are stuck, stagnant, or flatline. That's definitely not success. You're stuck. You're you're stagnant. Flatline is not success. Only 1% are successful. That's a viable business growing. 
So here's somebody with a goal. They take the actions, the business grows, and they gain wealth. It's it's really, I hate to oversimplify it, but it's, it's almost that simple. You know, it is that simple. What am I talking about? So I went back. Let's go back. When I said a lot of people have an idea of what a goal is or, you know, they have a dream. I'm going to give you a couple examples of improper goals and effective goals. Uh, I'm going to take one of my clients as an example. One of my clients came to me a while back. Now, before I dig into that, the first thing I do with every single new client I have is the question is, what are your goals? What do you want? I, I don't think I've had a single client that's told me their specific goals. They come up with ideas, they have thoughts, they have dreams, but nothing laid out. And that's probably why they're hiring me. You know, that's why I excel at that, uh, achieving success. That's what I do. So this person uh, owns an auto repair shop. They're struggling to come up with the structure of the shop, right? The, the goal, the plan. And so I simply said, what is the goal? And his response was, I want to produce the highest quality automotive repair. So let's take a second and in your own head, what do you think of that as a goal? I'll tell you what I think. I understand what he said. I understand his passion and why he said it. But as far as a goal, I don't think it was a very good one at all. And, and that's exactly what I told him. And here's why not. He'd like to have the highest quality automotive service. Well, first of all, to say I have the highest quality is subjective. It's also competitive. If you want to have the highest of anything, it means yours has to be higher than somebody else's. What if I said I want to jump the highest and there's two of us in the room and the other person jumps two inches? All I have to do is jump three inches to jump the highest. I just have to be better than them. That's not a great goal to be better than somebody else. That's where your focus is on your competition. Your focus needs to be on yourself. You're achieving your own growth, your own wealth. So it can't be competitive. It's also subjective, and it's not measurable. My response was, okay, I understand what you want. How about if we do this? The goal, one of the goals for your business is to have a success rate in your production of 100%. Zero failure. That would be a measurable goal. That would be objective, non-competitive, and something that you can continue on and on and on. So an automotive repair... The rate of success is measured by comebacks. They call them comebacks. So when a person brings their car to an automotive repair shop and they have service done and they pick up the car, pay for it, and something's not right with the services done and they need to bring the car back, that is considered a failure rate. They had to bring the car back. If everything is done right and nobody has to bring the car back, that would be 100% success. Awesome. So now we know how to measure it. And with that, we can look at our potential obstacles in our way, couldn't we? And we could also measure this. This is very measurable. We can keep track of this and we're going to be able to correct along the way. This is really how it should be. Now, um, I'm going to get into this because I'm going to use this as an example. He wants to grow his business. It's a great example. I'll use it a little bit later, but I also want to talk about incorrect or incomplete goal setting. And this is what's really common. I call it incomplete because people don't have it written down. They don't have a specific. Uh, it changes in their head. They have this vision in their head of how things are going to be, and it's actually not blueprint. So some of those are simple. Remember I said that roughly 20% of businesses go out the first year? They had a goal of getting into business. They didn't have a plan to stay into business. 
they didn't see what obstacles are going to be in their way, potential obstacles and ways of getting over or past these obstacles so that they don't stop you. And they didn't have a way of measuring whether they're being successful. If they did, they would be able to measure it, see that what they were doing isn't working, come up with a plan. Anything that could have stopped them, would have they would have seen coming and knew how to overcome that as it got there. A hurdler, a runner, they know the obstacles in the way. Those are the hurdles. They know or they're going to jump over them. That's how they're going to overcome them. They are focused on the finish line. How they measure their success is by time, right? How much time does it take to get to the first hurdle? How much time does it take to get in between hurdles? How much time does it take to hit the finish line? Another measure of success for them would be how many steps in between each hurdle. So these are all measurable. And then how much training, their plan would be how much training is needed to reach the level of success they want, right? How often do they have to train? That's the plan. So we break it down like that. It seems pretty simple, doesn't it? Um, when I talk about goals, I love, as an example, I love using American football. I, I love watching American football. I enjoy it a lot. I enjoy it because it's very logical. It makes a lot of sense to me. I'm not a big fan of the violence. You know, I'll be honest with you. I, I think anytime, my son pointed out, he said anytime that violence can overcome a plan, it's no longer a sport. I kind of agree with him there. But I like the logic in it. There's a lot of moving parts have to occur simultaneously to achieve success. So let's use American football as an example of how to achieve a goal. Understand this, circumstance is irrelevant. Accept that, right? Circumstance is where you are currently. That is not relevant to your success. That determines your starting line. In American football, it doesn't matter if the ball is on the five yard line or the 50 yard line, that's really where they start. Their success is still the same. That's the end zone. That's the ultimate goal is the end zone. Done repeatedly. So it doesn't matter where you start. Fans get all crazy about that, but you know what? Players go out there and still play because they understand that they don't have control over that. Fine, accept it. Now, let's look at American football. What are some of the potential obstacles in our way of achieving success? Success would be to score a touchdown. What are some of the obstacles? I think one of the biggest is the other team. That's a pretty big obstacle. Another obstacle could be the game clock. You might have to manage that. The play clock, definitely going to be an obstacle. You, you only have so much time to put the play together, get everybody on board as to what to do. Also, the amount of points you can score in each possession could be an obstacle. You might need more points than you could score. This would be a problem, an obstacle we need to overcome. So let's start overcoming these. First thing is the other team. They're a big obstacle. We, uh, we look, what are they doing? Are they going to blitz? It looks like they're going to blitz. Okay. How do we overcome this? Well, we're going to spread out our receivers a little bit. That's how we're going to overcome this. Or maybe they only got five men in the box. You know, on defense, great. We are going to run the ball, right? We're going to overcome the obstacle in a way we look at it, we recognize it, establish what it is, and determine how we're going to overcome that. Now we have measures of success. What, what do you think those could be? Yards gained per play. That's definitely a measure. Of success. First downs, measure success. Total yards, measure success. Say I'm going to run the ball. 
and I run it right up the middle and I gain one yard, one yard per play. And I know that I need more than one yard per play. That's not going to get me anywhere. I do it again and I still get one yard. Now I need to correct. You know, we have a plan. We're measuring. We're not getting the success we want in our measurements. We need to correct. That's what you do when you're measuring and not seeing what you need. You need to correct. So maybe the next play I'm going to pass the ball and I get a first down. Right? Okay, now we need to apply our next play. Again, it's the same thing over, duplicate over and over and over until we get a touchdown. So that's American football. That's really why I enjoy watching it. A lot of moving pieces. Not everybody has the same job, but everybody works towards the same goal. If you have somebody on your team that's not working towards the goal as the rest of the team, your team is not going to be successful. Everybody needs to be on board. I get into this a little bit later in a different pod, in a different episode when I talk about building your environment, but everybody has to be on the, on the same plan. So let's look at business, right? Let's apply this to business. Let's go back to this automotive repair shop. And let's say they want, they want to grow 30%. You know, every business wants to grow, right? Because this is start, grow, win. And they want to grow 30%. They're an automotive repair shop. First thing is, what are some of the obstacles in the way of this growth? Well, the first thing is space. Cars are big. Got to work on them somewhere. Another obstacle could be the amount of production personnel. How many mechanics you have or people in production. Another one would be, how much equipment do you have? You know, we have to lift cars up. We got to go up in the air. We need lifts. We need other equipment too. You need compressors, air tools. Another one is you might not have enough customers to, to grow 30%. Imagine that. <laughs> so we know what our obstacles are. How do we measure all of this? First of all, how do we overcome this obstacles? Space. We could put an addition on the space we have. We could rent another space, a second location. We could run a second shift, right? Using the same space over again. These are all potential ways of getting past obstacles. We don't have enough production personnel. How can we overcome that obstacle? Well, we can definitely hire more. And there's a way of doing that. You're not just going to hire. We're going to go into the measurable part while I'm here. Equipment, same thing. You, you, you can add equipment as, as needed. But let's go into production personnel. You're just not going to go out there and hire 30% more people on your staff. How you measure to add production personnel in automotive would be how much work is left undone at the end of the day. If every day I'm consistently having 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 hours of labor unfinished, that would be another person, wouldn't it? So if I brought another person in who produces 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 hours a day, all the work would be getting done. And as the business grows and I find at the end of each day, consistently I have this undone work, time to hire more. So you see how I'm measuring and correcting, right? Space, we figured out we're running two shifts or we put an addition on or we have a second location or we rented another place, we moved all together or, you know, there's so there's ways of getting around that. Equipment. Of course, as revenues come in, we keep adding more equipment as we need each lift. When we find that we have cars that aren't getting up in the air, we have to add more lift. Then we got our customers. How do we get 30% more customers? Well, we do have a marketing plan in place. Let's increase the marketing plan we have. Are we getting the increase in customers that we need? If we increase our marketing budget, our marketing plan by 
30%, are we seeing 30% more? We might have to correct. Maybe we're not. Okay, evaluate the marketing we have and let's look at how effective it is. And we might have to pivot. We might have to turn a little bit, right? Here's the funny thing about marketing. And I'll talk about this in other podcasts too. People have marketing budgets. Uh, that's something I was never really fond with, marketing budgets. And here's why you have a marketing budget, because you're not sure if your marketing works and you don't want to dump too much money into it. If I said to you, for every $80 you give me, I will give you $100 back. Would you go, well, okay, I'll budget $800 for that and give me 1000 Are you kidding? You'd give me every single penny you have and I would give you back 20% more. If you had your marketing working effectively, why wouldn't you grow it as much as you wanted? The reason we have budgets for marketing is because we don't know if we're being effective. We're not measuring. We don't have a goal set up. We don't know what our obstacles in marketing are. And so we're limiting the amount of money we're willing to lose in marketing. And that's why businesses don't grow. They don't have a marketing goal. Wow. I hope that hit home hard. So if I had a marketing goal in place and I measured it and I saw my obstacles and I overcome them and I'm getting the results I want, why wouldn't I increase that to the amount I want to increase it? Now, we're talking about a lot of money and I talk about it. Jim, Co Jim Collins talks about it and it's good to great. Shoot a bullet before you shoot a cannonball. If I put this much into my marketing and I'm getting this result, great. Put more into your marketing and find out if the result is linear to the amount you're investing in your marketing. It's really what it comes down to, isn't it? It's not, we get lost in, I think a lot of times into the shiny object syndrome where we're looking for that next fun thing or that next innovative way when we have all of this technology, all this resource in front of us. Use it. We're not using it properly. We're not using what we have properly. But that's a whole nother podcast. So if I look at my business, wouldn't I be able to grow 30% adding more staff? If I have tickets that are not estimated with customers not called at the end of the day, I don't have a large enough sales staff. Because I'm measuring the sales staff I have, I can see what they're producing, and they're producing the amount they need to produce. Each person can only produce so much, and they're hitting those numbers, and I still have undone, I need to add. So it's very systematic. It really is. You have to have solid systems in place, solid structures in place in your goals to achieve your success, resulting in your wealth. So earlier, I mentioned the different areas in your life. You know, I talked about career today. I talked about money today, but there are different areas in your life. There's there's many different areas. There's your your relationship. There's your family. There's your health, your hobby. There's your, your me time, your personal growth. There's all of that. You have to have goals in all of these areas, right? You have to. And once you understand what a goal is and how to achieve it, you're able to set up goals in all of these areas in your life. And it's so important. And the importance of that is nobody has a level 10 career that's in a level 2 relationship. Each one flows into the next. You're, you're a human. You're a person. You know, we're not, we don't have switches we turn on and off. So if you really want to succeed in life, you have to have goals in all of it, in your career, your family, your hobby, your relationships, your health, you know, your fitness, your friends, your personal growth, your learning, your, you know, your spirituality, your contribution, however you want to deem that. So you need to know all of them. It's really important. That truly is 
how you're going to grow. So the name of the podcast is Start, Grow, Win. And today we talked about growing. In the end, it's all about winning. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this. I hope it's been useful. If you know somebody that this can help, please share it. Please, if you liked it, leave me a five-star rating. Leave a review. That goes so far. You know, when Apple or Spotify see these reviews, they go, wow, his stuff must be really good, must be really relevant. We should show it to more people, get more exposure. Your success is my goal. I want to see everybody become successful. All right, I'm out. I wish you all the success in the world.